What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pals Podcast. I'm your co-host, George Boutsalis, a.k.a. at Boutsalis on Instagram and a.k.a. at Cast Co-Founder on TikTok, which I am on now. We'll give Ricky a plug, too, even though he's not here again. He keeps forgetting to do this. Friggin' Rick. Uh, you can follow Ricky, who is at your pal Rick on all socials. And uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. This week we had Rizwan Malik on. He is a realtor from Toronto who works for Sotheby's and he is a senior VP of sales. He's also the co-star of Hot Market on HGTV Canada. Uh, and yeah, we had a great conversation with him. We sat down and talked talked uh, the market, a little bit about his life and... Uh, you know, how he sees the, the real estate market in Toronto, what he likes, dislikes, um, some trends taking over, nice neighbors, all, all that good stuff. And just had a nice little conversation. Uh, really enjoyed this one. Rizwan, thanks for coming on and being a, uh, a great guest. Everyone give him a follow. Let me just pull up his social. It's at Rizwan Malik, R-I-Z-W-A-N-M-A-L-I-K. Check him out. And if you're in the market for some real estate, hit him up. Um, we want to give a quick shout out to our amazing sponsors who help keep the lights on and running uh we want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor kingsville brewery um i cannot say enough good things about them guys their their beers are all we drink now um we got a fridge stocked with it here if you watch the youtube episodes you will see our nice bright red kingsville canadian beer fridge um, but it's honestly, the reason we drink it is, uh, it's refreshing, it's light, and it's also a premium beer. So you, uh, you get really good bang for your buck with the beer and, and it's an, it's an amazing product. It's a perfect summer drink. Uh, we have it when we're on the patios, at the parks, up at the cottage, um, hanging out with friends. It's all natural with clean ingredients and it's an award-winning Canadian beer. You know how much we love our, uh, local Canadian brands. Guys, go pick them up now at uh, LCBOs, and they also have home delivery available in the GTA. So if you visit Wine Pro, sorry, visit Profile Wine Group, uh, and go to www.profilewinegroup.com backslash collections backslash beer, you can order your Kingsville two four right to your door. That is the most convenient thing in the world because right now we know we're not out and about as much. We're not going in store, all that stuff. You know, some people just kind of maybe you're just lazy. You don't want to go out. Maybe you want the convenience of having a beer delivered to you. And who else would you order but Kingsville? If they're going to come to your door, it makes life easy for you. Just order it. Easy. One click. We get it done. Uh, shout out to Kingsville. You guys are the best. We love you. Uh, check them out, guys, at Kingsville Brewery on socials. Go check them out. Order a case. Send a pick. We love it. I uh, also want to give a shout out to Cast. Cast is a social voting platform that is breaking about... Cast is a social voting platform that is breaking down barriers to allow for more people to share their opinions online. We're trying to get more active participants and turn bystanders into active contributors to conversations. That's all. It's easy. We're trying to get more people to share their opinion online because not enough people are doing it and we need to know what people think. We want to know what people think. The world should know. You have an opinion? Share it. Don't be shy. Come to Cast now and uh, start voting. Start creating content. You can go to www joincast.co backslash download you can go to the app store search cast you can go to the play store search cast it'll be the purple c uh icon and it is a social voting app and if you get on there follow at ricky because he is a few away from i think 500 followers which is a pretty big deal uh so give ricky a follow there you go rick you're welcome and give at george a follow that's me on uh, on cast one of the co-founders and our third co-founder is at db 
Go give him a follow too. He's got some good content around various topics, but DB comes with some of the humor too, which is nice. So anyways, guys, get on cast today. Start sharing your opinion. Start asking questions that you're more curious to find out more about and see real results. Without further ado, let's freaking go. This is what I literally have to leave here and go finish Twilight photos, not finish, but supervise Twilight photos of this fucking listing that I'm having photographed right now. So why Twilight photos? It's a great house and it looks really nice at night because he's done like all these great things. Like there's a feature outdoor fountain with lights and everything else. So for him, it's all about I want to showcase it as best as I can. So Twilight photos it is. Is that a big thing? Well, with certain listings. Usually they say like the morning time because of the lights the best. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I've been told, actually. Are what you saying that because of golden hour or something? Or do you actually know no, this? Because well, like, this oh, is golden hour photography. Like yeah, Twilight like sunset, photography, yeah. golden hour photography. It's the same thing. This is a nice principal house right, right by Casa Loma. So it's got a uh, gorgeous backyard. So it's very moody. It's a moody space. The inside's all painted jet black, which is really, really special. The jet black? Like the whole house, like inside black. of the house is black? Literally. Floor to ceiling black. It's stunning. Absolutely stunning. How do you want to know what it cost? Five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Five and a half. Well, let's, uh, let's get Daniel. Let's get the sponsors, and we'll get there the one day. The reason I was saying that because I remember when I when I uh, went to lease my condo, the one at Bathurst and Adelaide. The I think Satrula was my real estate agent at the time, and he goes, "Yeah, you got to get pictures in the morning." I'm like, "Why? What's the matter?" Like. He's like, that's when the good sun is. Like, you have an east facing, that's where the sun rises. I was like, okay, I guess yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Like, you want to showcase as bright as it can get the nat- natural light. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes sense totally. But like, also, like, you don't want to take photos in like harsh light as well, right? So like, it, you have to balance it out. But uh, this is nice. So we started photos at three o'clock. The drone guy showed up at one o'clock. Just fly the drone over the house and go to the back and show your close proximity to the city. Okay, he's done his job. Then the guy, the other guy shows up at 3 o'clock and he's doing the inside and the outside. And now we'll do Twilight at 8.45. So it's a, it's a busy day. Busy day Love for the that. house. Jeez. Love that. But also realize, like realizing that, you know, looking at these photos online, this is the first introduction to the masses. Everyone online, everyone looking online, everyone perusing the internet, this is, this is the first impression that everyone's going to get, right? So yeah. from that, these photos have to be stellar. Right? I've never understood that, that book is showing. And I've never understood people who like post their listing and it's like like looks like Motorola Razor photos. Yeah. I've seen a few of them, it's, honestly. Yeah, and so bad. Yeah, yeah. It's really like yeah, and I guess I didn't appreciate this. I gotta give I think we're talking or we were talking off camera. My uh my cousin's a real estate agent. Uh, he's done pretty well. Shout out to Chris. Um and I, ne- I never forget when I bought my first condo, like you know, I, I, I literally the first place I ever saw ended up buying. Um so I'll the point of the story is the one I was first dream, basically. Yeah, like it literally was yeah. like I, we could tell the story after it was like just happened. I walked in the first place. I'm like, oh, love it. Let's put an offer in it. And <laughs> fell into, it all happened. But I remember when I was selling it, he comes in and like my place was. De- I guess it, I consider it nice, like my first place. I, I don't live like a, I'm in a like a frat house, but you know, he's like, you know, it's a little bit cluttery. I was like, I'm like, I have like the least stuff of anybody I know. He's like, yeah, I know, but it won't look good in photos. So I didn't really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, like appreciate that, like art of like, staging it properly and really taking photos. And I remember that he, uh, when he was like, we're, gonna, we're doing the photos, we're going to bring the stagers in. I was like, what do you mean? Like I have nice furniture. Like I paid good money for this stuff. He's like, trust me, like it'll look better. 
cleaned it out, like or took some stuff out, staged it. I was like, oh, this looks like a completely different place. Took the photos, and like when you see them, and you see like actual someone putting the time and effort in, the realtor going that far, yeah. it like it makes it it just yeah, like it made that first impression is the biggest um, like it makes such a huge impression in the, in the first shit. I'm getting my words mixed up right now. It makes such an impact on the first impression, and then. After that happened, obviously looking for places and being in the market, you see these listings that like, again, have like, like their little square images, not even the full screen. And like, I look at this, I'm like, how can you not spend a couple hundred dollars when you're trying to sell a place for half a million or, or a million for that matter? And you can't take a proper picture. Yeah. Blows my mind. Anyways, that's my little story. That Similar kind of story to him. So I bought my first home a couple of years ago and I remember looking. I didn't get lucky like George did. I you put looked offers at 200. On like, I honestly put off. <laughs> I looked at about 50 condos. I put offers on about like 12 or 15 of them. Like, so it, was ridiculous. it was a, a disaster. Mind you, you came at your, your place you got was in a different. Actually, never mind. Continue your story. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like, I got lucky I, with all mine. All my yeah, places were the first time I saw I them. Got, I bought like, them. I was kept getting bidding wars. Like every For single sure. time. My realtor was like, look, I'm not going to let you overpay. Like this is what you should pay. If you don't get it, like. Unless you love it, don't overpay. I was like, yeah, fair enough. So I would see so many. And there's, I'm not kidding. I remember seeing this condo. Like, I remember I was so excited because I had a, a literally a one-kilometer box that I was looking at. I'm like, south of Queen, <laughs> north of Front, east of University, west of Bathurst. Yeah. Basically that, a King Street guy. That yeah. was my Basically. box. So I could, I could do Queen. I could do Queen. Queen falls in the middle there. Yeah, I was, I was in okay. Queen West for a second. You're open-minded. There. So <laughs> I remember looking at this building, and it was um, uh, the, where the Loblaws is. Uh, Portland and Queen thing. and Portland. I yeah, don't yeah, know what Portland, building it's yeah. called. And I saw a unit there, loved it. So I was like, okay, this building, that's what building I want to live in. I knew like one of the f- units yeah. I wanted. And I remember seeing pictures and it looked like, I'm not kidding, someone took it on their like Blackberry Pearl. And it's like, they didn't even like line them up purposely, properly. They weren't properly like edited. They were just, someone went in there and it was like a $900,000 condo. And I was like, like, you can't invest a few hundred bucks to get proper yeah. pictures taken. So I'll, I'll, I'll address that. So basically, <laughs> hit, us with, you, hit us with it. You're the expert here. You get what you pay for. So typically, you know, like industry norm dictates it's about a 5% listing, right? Like each, each the selling agent, the listing agent takes about 2.5% plus yeah. HST and that's, and you're off, off to the races. When you want to sit down and like nickel and dime your realtor and say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you 1% or I've got someone who will list it for $999, but we'll pay the other guy 2.5%. They're like, great. I'm going to walk in here, grab my iPhone 12 Pro Max. I'm going to take my photos and that's Their broken what you get. broken camera lens. But that's it, it's right? Like like, or they won't even wipe the lens on the other side. You're getting foggy <laughs> images, right? Like the zero effort, zero effort. I just picture like my mom like with her iPad like taking pictures. Yeah, with like upside down. Sorry, I'm like, Lane, mom, yeah. my mom would yeah. My mom would be better than that. <laughs> no, but I mean that's that's what you get, right? Yeah. If you want a nickel and dime realtor, I mean at the end of the day that's what it comes down to. It comes down to you get what you pay for. You know, for example, right now, I don't have to go the extra mile and pay for drone photography. Like the listing that's currently being photo- uh, photographed, uh, I paid for drone. There's a separate guy going in to do floor plans, uh, a 3D rendering, a Matterport to get measurements done. Why? Because A, we live in a world that's now consumed in COVID, right? So, you know, you want to have as few uh showings as possible you only want to have qualified leads so you want to give people every every sort of online um facility that's actually available to them so they can see the floor plan they can walk through the house on a 3d rendering and say okay yeah my furniture fits or my furniture doesn't fit you know like i've had clients who've gone into a listing and they say they walk out immediately why because their couch doesn't fit 
So you're going to buy a two or three or a four million dollar house because your couch doesn't fit. Buy a new couch. But for some people, <laughs> it's not as simple as that. Right. They're attached to their furniture or like it's like been imported from Italy. And it's like this beautiful, like stunning piece of, you know, furniture that they want to take with them to each their own. Right. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Rick's favorite saying. It's literally my favorite saying. (laughs) To each their own. To each their own. To each their own. And and, and you begin to realize (laughs) that. But, you know, I, I think when it comes to realtors and stuff like that's that's what differentiates some who from from the others. Right. Like from the masses where you realize there's very few things um, that you need to do to sell a listing and staging is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Decluttering is a part of it. You know, everyone feels like their house is the best house on the street and it might be, but there's a way you live and a way you sell, right? A way you live is like a dirty pile of laundry on the floor, maybe, but the way you sell is completely decluttered. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting too. I think one of the, like a little bit of a, to that point as well, about like just really, you know, putting all that effort with an extra mile for not only your clients, but like for the market as well and displaying what kind of an asset you have on your hands and you're trying to sell. I find it so interesting that even though, Tor- like the f- what I find interesting is that Toronto's been such a hot market for so long, probably a decade, like honestly, probably a decade just hasn't stopped, but you still see like realtors that, that never mind, don't even go the extra mile to like, you know, take photos and do that stuff. Like I've seen listings sell for, and I've been very lucky in this regard and almost all of my places somehow that like don't do the research on the building and understand the price per square foot that they're like selling in and they just will take a, a quick offer and really kind of screw their client in the yeah. end like this i guess the, on the seller side from what, where you'd be acquiring and i hear stories of it happening honestly pretty often surprising considering like again the market we live in and i know that's that's also interesting to your point of like the people who go and say oh I'll, you know i'll get a seller who's going to take only you know 999 dollars sure instead of you know their typical two and a half commission i find that really interesting as well that people really shortchange themselves by not just doing their research not putting a little bit of time and effort in and like yeah it still blows my mind especially yeah. with the market i'll give you a small in. example like with obviously without naming names because it's not polite uh and my mom's raised me better than that um, people, I love it. That's it. so but you know like recently i had a client who basically haggled me and said listen traditional listings are five percent but we'd like you to list it for four and a half where we'll give you two percent plus hst and we'll give the cooperating broker two and a half so they're willing to give a stranger they don't even know more than me Fine. That, like, that's so bizarre to me in the first place, but that's okay. I respect that to each their own. Um, but then also when it comes down to it, like it's, it's gotten to a point where when it comes down to negotiating, they're willing to throw away 40, 50 or a hundred thousand dollars as part of a negotiation. Whereas I'm the guy saying we shouldn't do that. You know, we can probably close this at a higher price. Right. So at the end of it, they were happy with a certain number. And based on my advice, we went a little bit higher because I said, I think we can have this push through. And so the following day when the offer was accepted, I called, called them back and I said, you know, thank you so much for your trust. Thank you so much for your business. It was a pleasure working with you. Um, just, just to, just to recap, you know, for the $5,000 that we nickel and dimed, I made you an extra 50,000. Right. So you will get realtors who, irrespective of what they're being paid or whatever it is, they will take their business. They'll take their they'll take their job very, very seriously. And I do. Right. But I know that now, based on this, I've secured their future. Like I've secured their future business indefinitely. 
right? So, and they're so happy about that. So, yeah, like we have that all over the place. Like, and I, and to to your point, I will say this as well. I find now more than ever. Like, I've I've been doing this now for fifteen years. I was twenty years old when I started selling real estate. And uh, back Sorry, you're thirty five. I'm thirty five. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Look great, good. Great good surgeons. Great surgeons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. Um, but no. Um, I, I, I will say this, like, you know, today, sellers are so well versed with what their property's worth, right? Because they have access to so many online portals. And half the times when I go into a listing presentation, they're telling me, right? Like, gone are the days where I'm going in with like a book of comps and saying, well, your neighbor sold for this much and that guy sold for this much and it was on the market for 16 days. They're like, okay, well, our the guy next door was on the market for seven days, and they were holding back at five eighty nine. They sold for six thirty, and that guy was like, they know exactly what's going on. Why? Because I may have ten or fifteen or twenty clients or twenty active deals at one given time. For them, their home is it's it. the only deal. Yeah, right. Yeah. So also with buyers, it works the same way. They're out there. They're hitting the pavement every single day. So, like before, I even email them out and say, email them out and say, "Hey, listen, we should go check out this property." They're emailing me and saying, "We need to go look at this house." I'm like, "It was listed six minutes ago." Zucasa.com or like I'm driving right now. Give me a break. I'm driving. Like, let me park. (laughs) But they're like, "Can we see this house? Why didn't you send it to us?" Because I don't know. I the was automated message lunch. comes the next morning. Hello. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what I Wait get. till midnight, ma'am. Yeah. Wait till yeah. midnight. No, but you know, it's just, <laughs> we're, it, it's the way of the future, right? Everyone is so in touch with where yeah. the market's headed, where the sales comps are, where the, uh, you know, what, what, with what's available, what's being listed on the market. See, that's what my point was. I do think that's the case. Maybe I've just been very, very lucky. Um, like even to just jump back, I'll this quickly. It's not super important, but again, like I bought my first place in 2015. I was like, I got lucky. I was never going to buy condos. Like I was never caught up in that, like the craze of it. I stopped going like the market going nuts. I was like, I'll save up till I get old and buy a house. That was like, you know, I've been that mentality that everyone kind of has. And you're like, oh shit, might as well get something, get in the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, my place I bought was at 650 King Street right across from EFS. Yeah. And I remember like, like to this day, I literally walked in with my cousin. I look at it, I was like, yeah, cool, let's put an offer. I like it. Like I'm whatever. Put an offer. It was different like at the time. I can't even remember. It was like five fifty per square. It was something crazy cheap that today wouldn't would it's it, it's unrealistic. Yeah. Can't but buy I, a parking spot for that now. Yeah, oh exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. Um and I just remember that like I went like, you know, thirty K below the offer, let's say. Was, they were not taking offers. So I said, let's go thirty K. And then they came down like one thousand. I went up like one thousand. I was like, let's see who blinks first, really, because that's all I'm yeah. gonna do. I don't need it. Did my research a little bit too. I knew the I knew one realtor was like a I don't know, my cousin told me he's like a pilot. He travels a lot, wants to unload it fast. I don't know. We had this like information. I came he came down like two thousand. I'm like, cool, I'll go a thousand. He came down three thousand. I'm like, all right, we won this now. So I'll go up another thousand. He came down five. I was like, all right, I'll give him a little bit of a bone here. Go up to and I was so surprised. I'm like, what a prime location. And you let me nickel and dime you all the way down. So I ended up getting that one below what it was listed. Yeah. And the next one I bought was like a little rental. But the, fast forward to the one that I bought, I was saying in, in, uh, in Tobico and Mimico. This one I'll never forget because my point about like how people, it's shocking to the ones that don't do the research. I went to go buy a, uh, this, in the building that I'm in. I put an offer on the unit, literally direct, the, the floor below me, the exact same unit. So I'm in number... Whatever, it doesn't matter. Seventh floor, sixth floor, the exact same unit. I saw the sixth floor originally, put an offer in, didn't get it. They held an offer night, put it in, didn't get it. Literally like a like 
two weeks later. So the listing would have been out saying the price it sold for. The same unit now on the floor higher was listed for 60K less. I was like, and then we're taking offers. I was like, all right, this makes no sense. Like it's a floor higher and it's 60K less. I'm like, all right, let's go take a look at it. See something, something's wrong with it. Like the exact same. Yeah, Actually, yeah, it was yeah. a nicer unit. I literally went to my guys. I'm like, listen, give them the listing price plus $1,000 extra. So it's still less than the floor below. They accepted like on the spot. There you go. And I was like, I'm like, you're, you just like, you couldn't just look at the listings in this building. You just screwed your client out of like 50K, yeah. if not more, because yeah. it was a higher floor. I just, to me, that still blows my mind. That's still like, again, maybe I got lucky with when I bought mine. I don't know, but it's just crazy to me that people like, they don't go over and above and do that research. Like it's not Yeah, no, find, it's right? luck, but it, I also like, again, from some of the seller's perspective, it's like they're expecting their realtor, they're, like their trusted advisor to advise them, right? And it's also like, okay, in that case, what's in it for you? Like, what are you getting out of it as well, right? So I think a lot of people have that perspective and that mentality. Um, recently, I, I closed a deal. Um, it hasn't closed yet, so I won't say the address yet in case <laughs> I tip someone off. But um, we, just, we just got back the bank's appraisal, and it's $254,000. I was just texting my clients this morning. That's why I remember the figure. Two hundred, Almost a quarter of a million dollars, over a quarter of a million dollars more than what we paid for it. That's what it's appraised at by the bank, and which is like yeah, way more conservative yeah, usually, than yeah. what like the market value is. So you know, my clients have like this little kick in their step, right? They, they're like so happy, they're so excited. But again, it was listed on a long weekend. So yes, it's COVID. Yes, people are still around. Yes, people haven't gone anywhere. Like it's been a long weekend for the last, I don't know, <laughs> sixty-five weekends. But you know, it, it, it's one of those things where um, we lucked out. So, so we went out, we were the first showing, we made an offer the same day, we demanded a response the same day, and we got it sold, right? And then obviously since then, like they've obviously had tons of showing requests and things like that, but you know, the, the outcome could have been way different than what it is right now. Yeah. So you know, again, my clients benefit because now they're walking into a place that's already, like they can turn around and sell it today for $254,000 yeah, more than what they paid for. Right, which is incredible. It's a great feeling to walk into. Yeah. But yeah, like, and on, on the other side, you get you get you get uh, cases where you know clients undersell their homes. Like my current property, for example, I was negotiating a deal and I uh, for myself, and it, those are always the most difficult. And uh, so I went in, and so of course we're going up by like you know twenty five, thirty, fifty thousand dollar increments, and finally we come to a price verbally. So I put it on paper, I initial it, and I send it away. Um, and it goes overseas. That's where the seller was at the time. And uh, he now says that he wants an extra $50,000. So I go to his realtor and I said, well, that's just negotiating in bad faith. We had an agreement. We came you know, to a gentleman's agreement. I thought we were good to go. I, I increased what I wanted to pay. I initialed it and I sent it away. I waived my commission. Like I thought we were, you know, we were good. Yeah, this was done. Yeah, we were done. Um, and he's like, no, 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 I want another $50,000. At that point, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. So I walked away. I looked up expired listings in the building. I realized a unit four floors above him, coincidentally, the sub penthouse, with 10 foot ceilings, and of course, four floors above. So, you know, you're all the way at the top of the building. I was able to approach them and say, hey, listen, you tried to sell two years ago. You didn't sell at that time. I'm interested to buy it today. This is what I'm going to offer you with no commission, whatever else. I got it for $30,000 less than what I originally was offering him on a lower floor. So it's just about like yeah, knowing true. how you're going to approach it, right? So these are little tricks of the trade where, you know, some people won't go the extra mile, but 
you know, now that they know that those options are available, maybe they will. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to ask something, and I, I've got a couple stories. One sec, um, can you, Rizwan, can you pull the mic a little closer yeah. to you? So that, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. So I got a couple of stories that I'll share later on during this episode. But I want to ask: Do you think that the rise in the number of real estate agents has led to, I guess, the end consumer being screwed out of extra money? Uh, sorry, not screwed out of. That's not the right mm -hmm. word. But let's say that a lot of people tend to use their friends or their their family members or their People the obligatory close, realtor. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Honestly, that's what it is. And because nowadays, and you know, don't take this as any disrespect, but it's no. very easy to become a realtor these days. You know, you, you write a, a test, you study for it for six months or whatever. To become a good one is hard, but to get your license is still fairly simple, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. Look, so it, do you think that because there's so many that a lot of people in the market is becoming a little bit kind of, I don't want to say wishy-washy, but a little saturated? bit saturated? Like, yeah, and like because of that, like the end user can end up get screwed and then i guess on the other opposite side can win big yeah i mean okay what i'll say is that was such a long worded question holy crap <laughs> i think i understood okay, I, 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 <laughs> I think, think I where we're going with yeah that. like i don't worry, my head, i've had, I'm a, few, like, I've had a, a few of those myself yeah. today rick you're good yeah <laughs> that, that was about 12 questions okay <laughs> like I'll, I'll, I'll try but to answer all of them i'll, I'll try to In get sequence I'll, I'll yeah i'll try <laughs> to get he's the more concise one with his words too like i'm the one who goes like zigzags that was a that was a kind of a joke all right no no it's fine um, what I will say is this, like, I think over the last year to two years, maybe even three years, I think it's become a little more difficult to get your real estate license actually. Okay. Um, I like so that. correct me, which, yeah, which is good, right? Over, over the last few years, it's, it's become a little more difficult, which I think we need, right? Like it needs to be a little more mandated, a little more regulated. Um, but what I will say again, going back to it, I think it's when it comes to buying or selling a real buying or selling real estate, it's always a collaborative approach. It's not just the realtor, but it's also the client, right? So, uh, you know, today things are technology and everything else, all these, you know, external websites, they've made things very easy for buyers and sellers to know what's available on the market or what things are selling for on the market, right? So, like I said, even today, like 15 years in, I'll have clients call me and say, what did blah, blah, blah sell for? And I'll say, well, oh, I'm going to go home and I'll check for you. And their response is, no, we already know. It sold for this much. It's checked on Zucasa. And I'm just like, then why <laughs> are you testing question. me? Those rhetorical Don't questions. test me, right? So, but it, it's, it's one like, of Are those there any pools in the neighborhood? Uh, yeah. let, let me check. There are. There's six. Yeah, actually. there's six of them already checked. The Fraser uh, the the, the, you know, the the elementary school, it's a score <laughs> yeah, out of 8.3 out of 10. I'm like, amazing. <laughs> I'm glad that you know that information. Um, Zucasa, I could have yeah. gotten it for That's you. That's a good sponsor for this episode, Danielle. <laughs> Zucasa. I cannot see. Yeah, it. I was going to say, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sotheby's. Uh, so, well, whatever. It, it, it is what it is. You, yeah. this is. But this is your channel, so you guys do whatever you want. Um, uh, but that's also the beer talking, I think. But uh, but yeah, no, like, you know, it, it's a collaborative approach where both the seller or the buyer has to work with the realtor. It's it's a team. It's, it's, it's an effort where you both are basically you know, you have one common purpose, right? So like your, your end goal is the same. So my whole thing is, yes, it makes it a little bit difficult when you've got tons of people running around with their licenses. I mean, we're almost at 88, 90,000 agents in Ontario, which is extremely saturated. So everyone's crazy. Wow. mom, dad, uncle, aunt, godfather, great niece, they've got a realtor in the family, right? So it's True. that obligatory realtor yeah. that you kind of are like, do I work with this person because... I have to because I see them at Thanksgiving and I'm, I'll see them at, you know, everywhere else. Or do I do what's best for me, right? So 
it's it's one of those things where like I've had clients in the past where like they'll call me and say, listen, I gotta kind of use this person, but I'm hoping they mess up. So then in the future, I don't have to use them again. So like it's gotten to a point where like some people are willing to sacrifice their real estate potential with one transaction. Just say, oh, sorry, you uh, effed us over. So uh, we're not going to move forward with this yeah. in, in, in the future. Right. So it, 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 it's very difficult. It's a very, very, very difficult thing to uh, sort of, you know, push the boundaries on. On a, on a scale of, I guess, actually, no, not on a scale. In terms of deals, what's the average that a realtor does? Like, okay, we said there's 80 to 90,000 realtors in Ontario. How many of them are actual like, practicing realtors? Two to three deals a year. That's the average? So yes. out of the 90,000, how many do more than two to three deals? So let me give you an example. In the last six weeks, I've done 12. So you're so like kind of like a 1%. Yeah, the yeah, top 1%. 1%. Okay. So like it, 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 that's the thing. Like they say over, like I think, five to eight percent of the realtors of the 88 to 90,000 do 95 percent of the volume right so you know when, you, when, when you've got yeah. those numbers those are also people who are you know some people are like tired of paying realtors their commission uh let's say if they're builders or whatever so they, they'll go to their spouse and they'll say get your license so when i'm done with this house you list it for yeah, me and yeah. we're not we're going to keep the yeah. money in the family yeah totally common uh you've also got retired realtors who are you know the it's it, it, it's easy to keep your toes wet because commission is great like it, it, you know it's not it's not a poor living so it's like okay even if i do one deal a year two deals a year they're used to this uh this routine of going to the office and standing by the copier like you know by the water cooler and just hearing the gossip and just sharing their stories and seeing what everyone else is doing so it just keeps them relevant and current right so it's not all about i want to do volume like a few years ago, I was part of a team where, you know, I, again, incredible team, incredible realtors, everyone was wonderful. But we were at a point where, you know, I'm at still a very starting point, like not a starting point, but like I, I, I'm young enough where I want to build and grow, whereas the team was also looking to slow down and calm down because it's like, you know, it's, it's retirement was approaching. So, you know, it didn't work well. So you have those people as well where they're like, you know, we're okay to do five, 10 deals a year. And that's okay. Because then the other six months will be in Florida. Yeah, true. Right? So it's just, it, I think it's a great career in the sense that it offers everyone like that flexibility to do whatever they want. You get, you get what you put into it. Like you, or okay. you get out what you put into it. It's like any sales commission job, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Who do you, like, this is a question related to Ontario, I guess. Is it public knowledge of who the number one or num top couple realtors are in Ontario? I mean, yeah, I mean, there are external uh, uh, external bodies that will, like, release that information. But, again, it's just based on, like, data. But, like, it's hard to look at that because not all sales end up on Realtor.ca. You True. know, there, there are lots of exclusive deals. Off-market uh, deals. Yeah, like, I have a $5.9 million listing right now that is a pocket listing, right? So Sorry, what's a pocket listing? A pocket listing is For those who don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. So, it's not available on <laughs> Realtor. <laughs> it's not available on Realtor.ca. So, like, yeah. So, okay. it, it, it's based, like, you sell it based on your influence your 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 scope of like you know clients and realtors that you have that you e-blast or that you send out to mm -hmm. um it's typically Those sellers are usually more luxury homes ultra luxury or and also clients who want to be super private they don't want to sign on their front lawn they they want True. just basically you know they know what their house is worth right so typically like if you go to a 500 square foot condo or a thousand square foot condo or any condo or any house, for example, they want to maximize their return. So they're like, list it low, 
Get me a bidding war. Get me 12 offers. Let these people throw their money at me and get me the most that you can get. what I've done in the two condos that I've sold. Which is, and that's yeah. not a bad strategy. But for some of these other individuals, when they're you know luxury or ultra luxury, their pers- perspective is, my house is worth X. Just get me. Just X. get me X. Yeah. I don't care how you get it. I don't care if you need to advertise. I don't know. I don't know if you want to fly a blimp around the city that says my house is for sale. This is what I need. Get Just, me. This is what I need, yeah. and I, I'll be more than happy with that. Right. So for them, they don't need me to parade up and down the street and like be like, oh yeah, here's a a frame outside the house. Here's a here's a lawn sign. There's an open house. There's a public open house. There's an agent open house. There's a virtual open house. There's showings coming out of the yin yang. They want qualified traffic. They want people who can afford the property to only walk through the property. They want me to vet these people before they come in. They want to see, you know, letters from their financial institutions and their personal bankers saying that they can close on this deal if they are interested. Like these are the. You don't want the lucky lose in the window shoppers. They don't want the tire kickers, right? I never like used the word lucky yeah. loo, but I really wanted to use that word. In that <laughs> tire kicker, lucky loo, same thing. But yeah, tire like, kicker, that's, yeah, the, that's they, probably better. They, uh, they lucky loo sounds cool. Though. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. They, yeah, they like they just don't want anybody and everybody because they have to leave their house. They mm-hmm. have to leave their house for thirty minutes or an hour or however yeah. long it is. But also with some of these people, like you know, one of my listings right now, it's listed for five point nine. Uh, I was talking to the client yesterday, and she said, "I need forty-eight hours prior to every showing." Because I have to get a cleaning lady in here. Like I have to make sure everything is dusted, everything's vacuumed, the floors are mopped, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a production. So if they're doing this for every single listing and I'm taking a hundred random people in, it's a little difficult, right? But if yeah. I'm taking five qualified parties in and we result in having an offer, that's easier to do. It's manageable. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a question. and This might be common knowledge. I have no idea. But when you sell a home and you have to transfer the property over... Does the price of the what you transfer the proper property over go anywhere? It's public record. So, so, so you can you go could you can find even these private sales, you can absolutely. technically see that, right? Absolutely, yeah. but you won't have access to who sold it. Right? So but like land who sold it? No, it doesn't matter. It'll yeah. say like the property went from me to yourself. Like the deed transfer. Right? Yeah, the, 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 the deed transfer is there. So that's public record. You can go down to the city today and um, you can type in anyone's name. And you will find out exactly what they own or what they don't own. But also keep in mind, like, for example, like I own my properties in a holding company. I was going to say. So, you know, just to be a little more anonymous, you know, like I, you know, I've had a TV show and stuff and I've had people send me some hate mail. So the last (laughs) thing I want is someone sitting outside my door. Like this one guy from Barry was like, you don't wear socks with your shoes. I said, sir, you can't see them. They're in no there show somewhere. Socks. Hello. They're no show. I promise. He, like literally, I'm. I was. You in, got criticized for not wearing socks with shoes. I was in Rome. I'm in Rome, and I, you know, like the episode aired, and like I, I, I opened up my email. I'm like, let me segueing right now. This is good. I will tell you this. Like you can tell, he's done this before. Ninety nine. Like I have not. I promise. Ninety nine point nine percent of the people who like responded, it's all positive. It's all like, oh, love you, blah, blah blah, amazing, great job, whatever, whatever. So I get this email, and I'm, I'm in Rome, and I'm like you know, with my friends, I'm having a drink and like I get this email and it's like selling multi-million dollar homes, but you can't wear socks. I was like, okay, awesome. So that, that's his opinion. Okay, he's like, awesome. he's like, he's like, count me out. Okay, awesome. Like, like what? that yeah, doesn't even warn you. Don't know no, you, socks, you can't so- afford, you can't afford. What? Wait, wait, hold on. Why do you wear socks? I, half the summers I wear no socks. Like I but wear like low or like loafers or sneakers with no socks. But who cares? Like you watched 42 minutes of my show and that's Just all, that's that. all you picked up on. That's all you picked up on. Not my knowledge, not my not my know-how, not anything else, not my takeaway. <sighs> you picked up on the fact that with my suit, I wasn't wearing I was wearing no-show socks. I was wearing socks, but that you you couldn't see them and that was a sticking point for you. 
you know, I was like, okay, this is even weren't a response. So I don't want someone like that sitting outside my door. So right? Leaving you socks on your doorstep. Very yeah. Fair. So I was like, you know, yeah, we're we're, we're going to change the title here. Man, Thank that's you. so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, because I was just thinking if, if s- there's got to be, uh, actually, without going to City Hall, can you just Google you what a property is? You can't Google it. No. Yeah, I mean, your realtor can. Like, I can log into my system right now. I have access to the back end stuff and I can do that for okay. you. Tre- but like, Trebnet or whatever? Yeah, it's under Geo Warehouse. Okay. So, yeah, like, it'll give you access to So, like, because you're a licensed realtor, you can yes, do that. Okay. Yes. All yeah. the historical sales, you can search like a building. Well, historical store. sales, yeah, that's different, right? Like, that's, what that won't necessarily private? tell you who bought something. Oh, okay. But, like, if you have a specific address that you want to look up, it'll give you, if you go into Geo Warehouse or if you go into like land registry system at the city, um, they were able to pull that information up and tell you gotcha. who is the current owner of any property. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little, uh, a little invasive. Yeah. 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 So do a lot of like, do, is this common practice where a lot of like high, like high end luxury, really high end, like talking like five, seven million plus, do they often go this route or some people don't, don't really care? They put in their name or is it like, is it, it, it it's, varies? It's, honestly, in the, in the past, like I've seen like it's, it's 50-50, right? Like a lot of the people, like let's just say, like, you know, a, a property I sold a couple of years ago, uh, the gentleman there, he was inducted into the Order of Canada, which is like one of the Ooh, biggest honors that big you dog. get. Huge. So, so the difference there is, what was his he name? was, I can't tell you that. Come on. Um, like he, <laughs> I know, I just he was, this. but he bought that property like, 45 years ago right so the difference is what we are today and what we were 45 years ago are two completely different things so 45 years ago i think people were way more trusting people were way more open like it wasn't the wave of the future it wasn't the wave of the internet you know like there weren't as many scams like i still get these air duct cleaning people that'll call me every day those guys can go to hell can i tell you like okay this is total segue but like or total tangent but the guy, like, you know what I do with the air duct people? Like, when they call me, they're like, hello, it's blah, blah, blah from air duct. I'm like, hello! <laughs> I'll start screaming hello at the top of my lungs. They hang up every time. Because so, I don't care anymore. Yeah. So, I got a funny story. It's about so stupid. <laughs> and I, you're going to spam me, I'll spam you back. I, I made a TikTok about this, actually. It was pretty funny. So, my mom one day got, like, six different calls. Like, one... One was Air Duck, one was CRA, one yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. you know, like they got yeah. the four different scams that they use, whatever. So my mom you got so trip? annoyed that she, like, you know how you can ignore a call, but you can text them? Yeah. So it's like, call you later, sorry, I'm busy, can't talk right now, or custom. So my mom goes custom, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> well, she didn't realize that the, they use like an automated number generator, but it uses a real number of someone in Toronto. So it's like a random 416 number. So my mom literally texts back, fuck you. The person goes, fuck you too then. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait. You never seen this? I no, I don't think I've seen this. So my mom got like five <laughs> calls in a day. And she was so annoyed. And my mom's like ESL, right? Mom, that's English second language. Uh, for those who don't know. I don't know if Elaine knows that or not, but she speaks. She's I was in to... ESL growing up. So yeah, so it's just like people relatable. think ESL this means is very you're relatable. ESL does not advice. mean you're stupid. It just means English is your second language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom... Uh, She's got a hard accent, like heavy accent, Brazilian. Sounds mom, like um, Sofia Vergara. Sofia Vergara. Love yeah. it. She's best. So she one day, I get home one day, and she's like, oh, do you, I keep getting air duct call cleaning people. I was like, mom, just like ignore it. Yeah. No, fuck them. They keep calling. And literally, has them there. She gets another one. She goes, yeah, yeah, boom. And she put on her glasses because they're always on the background. <laughs> I put on the glasses. Fuck you. A <laughs> couple minutes later, you see the response. 
Fuck you too. <laughs> and I was like, wait, Mike, you know this? That's not really room? funny. It was so funny. I couldn't stop laughing that day. Oh. Man, I one of those guys, one of those guys gave me shit once. Cause I, I at a certain point I was like, all right, man, yeah, like you can come clean my air ducts. He's like, all right, how big's your house? I was like, twelve bedrooms. He's like, how how big's your house? I was like, twelve bedrooms, a mansion. He goes, yeah, well, you can go f yourself in your mansion. And he hung up on me. And I was like, bro, but like, that's it. You're like, I'm like, trying to give you my. I, mean, I don't have a twelve bedroom house. I was joking, but like, come on, yeah, this guy Not turned yet. around. This guy turned around on me. I was like, damn, man, the balls on these people. I really want to know what happens. Like, what if I actually need my air ducts? Do they clean? send people? Well, you'll go find someone, right? Like, you're not gonna wait to get a phone call from a random company to be like, I oh, hi, do you want I your ducks just cleaned? Send them to, like curious, random homes. I'm also curious how much revenue does a company like that do, like. And also, you know that's highly illegal. Like it's robocall, so that new logic got passed in Canada. It got it's passed. It's tabled. Well, like cold calling, anti-spamming. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. So they, there's a new law that says no cold calling's okay. Anti-spamming. Is so it's called right. robocalls. So like robocalls, a new law got passed, and I'm gonna probably get it wrong. You have to look this up, Danielle. <laughs> um, it says like if you if you make more than ten thousand calls in a day, it classifies as robocalling. You can face like a million dollar fine, prison, uh, time in jail. That's what I think about. It. I'm like, these people make ten thousand calls in a day. Easy, but like, and then how many of those ten thousand say yes? Like, does anybody say yes? Hey, if anybody listening to this has ever said yes and got their air duct clean, please DM us. I'm really curious to know how this <laughs> oh, worked no. out. What about the? Um, please let us know. Like, I'm actually there curious. Are people that do fall because you got to about you know the the prince from Not Africa. Not but does it? Do they you actually the show Michael, up? The Michael Scott. Yeah. The, oh my god. Hi, I have four yeah. trillion dollars uh, in my Somalia bank account. Uh, like transfer <laughs> it to you. Oh, you heard, heard my details. Please send it over. <laughs> but but that's crazy to me. Like, I wonder, do they, do they really send people? They do nothing. Are you kidding me? Like, I wonder, are they an actual air duct cleaning company that just decided to go like crazy? I don't. Anyways, I don't know. Just the, thinking um, a lot here. Now we're getting a little segue. I remember here. seeing a uh, like a a series of pictures or videos or memes or something about a guy who got like a prank call or not one of those scam calls from someone in like Africa or India or something. And the guy was like, well, how do I know you're real? Like, yeah, I need to send you. I'm going to send you a camera. So he sent the guy a digital camera. And the guy was like sending him photos back from India showing that he's real. And he like made like a photo album with all these photos that the Indian Wait, guy. Wait, what? I'm going to find the link. I'm going to actually share it on my story. So this episode is being released on Thursday. Friday, I'm going to share this link to this article. Oh, yeah. Looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, that that's insane. It's funny. But yeah, like. Yeah, uh, we got him a segue. I wanted to I wanted to move it back a little bit because we want to talk about you a little more than than these fucking robocallers. Because <laughs> fuck, sorry, I should stop swearing. Um, uh, I wanted to ask in terms of like your what you've seen in the market and what you've like kind of been like liking and what's going on. And I guess in that regard, my first question is: What is your favorite neighborhood or like an up and coming neighborhood or an area you like a lot right now? Both as like a buyer seller. And you have one specific one in the GTA and anywhere in Ontario, like yeah, no, absolutely. It's like basically the new stretch. Like you know, there was King Street West, there was Liberty Village. I mean, it's obviously going to the East End, Leslieville, Carla, you know, Queen and Carla. But I think the new sort of stretch that's becoming extremely popular is Dupont and Davenport. So all up up across, like you know, um, anywhere. What do they from call like, that area? Dupont. Dupont. Uh, no, it's like South Casaloma. South Casaloma. So my grandma so, yeah. had a house. So I grew yeah, up, like, but, but there's there are different segments, right? Like you'll 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 go from basically Spadina over to about Bathurst, and then like they change. Yeah, like yeah. I grew up along Dupont. Like I used to take the Dupont bus to high school every day. What high school? You you go go to? Yeah. Uh, Western Tech, uh, running Meet and Bloor. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Blue Rose Village, yeah. Amazing. Oh, so you went no, so you went pretty west then. Like, oh, that was pretty very far. Yeah. West, very west. Yeah, but yeah. I was also That's in actually Lansdale. a very nice neighborhood. I mean, not that it wasn't nice. It always was like really nice homes, but that area is getting a lot of money spent. Like the neighborhood, like the housing of the neighborhood and also like the actual businesses and the streets and all that stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. that area yeah. changed a lot. Yeah. yeah, so like, you know, like, but 
parts of that like you've got north annex you've got south castelloma like it you know it continues along but you'll see like a lot of the different lots that are now they've already been accumulated they've already been already been purchased by all these developers and you've got tridel going and you've got all these different developers going in and building uh new mid to high rise developments yeah and that's going to be the next stretch so you know i think that's where you want to get in but also like when you think about the city of toronto for example or even in the broader spectrum getting in now is still at about a thousand dollars a square foot mm-hmm. you know you're you're not getting in at five hundred dollars like gone are those days mm-hmm. right so I, I remember at king and um king and spin i sold a penthouse and at that point i got or at the time i got twelve hundred dollars a square foot where everything else was selling at 700 that was sort of a record sale and you know it was published it was announced blah 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 that stuff i a podcast about it but you know there's there's no way of really getting that because again when you're going up against the builders, right, they know exactly what their properties are worth. They know what, what the area is worth. They know what people are going to be driven to go ahead and buy eventually, right? Like, and, and the reason why they are higher is because the cost of land is so high, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, when you, when you go in and you start to parcel land together and you're buying, you know, you're, you're, you're parceling different properties that are basically on a block that you want to basically um, uh, bring together and de- redevelop, the neighbor gets gets when says, "Oh, a builder's interested." Well, my townhouse that's worth two million dollars. I'm gonna want to fight five for this. Yeah. Right. So, but you can also only push that envelope so far because eventually the builder says, "You know what? I'll build around you." And when I build around you, good luck being my ashtray because when all the when all the tenants oh, yeah, and the yeah. residents starts flicking their cigarette butts horrible thing which tenants do when they shouldn't but you know when they are flicking the cigarette you're butts, not selling you're you're, you're literally going to be the, you're literally going to be the ashtray that's like ca- the cali love uh, underground building on king and uh, peter cali so I, love that's underground it building? so you know un- underground oh, oh the underground the building underground yes, and, yes, and yes. cali love right oh they didn't sell that so story it's, uh, well that's what i heard i don't know how true that is but my so i live at the uh, m5v 375 yeah. king street west yeah Way to put your address on here for all the haters now. <laughs> I if I have haters, cool. He's like, come find me. Come yeah. find me. Great. Never home. <laughs> Knock on my door. Great. Um, so that my building went up, I think it was about 15, 18 years ago. Yeah. Then Bisha That's went up. That's how old that building is. Yeah. It doesn't look old. Eh? The lobby, I thought it was like brand new when I walked yeah. in. Yeah. So there's my building. Then Bisha went up. And apparently, the, when the person bought the corner lot, they tried to buy the Cali Love building. And this could be so wrong, but this is the story I heard. And the, the owner refused. So there's a little, basically a little strip where it's that building and the, the middle lot excuse me, beside it. Yeah. And now there's three massive condos all around, all, all around it. All and around. then you have your little King Street facing. So now you're, because Underground has a nice rooftop patio, or they had one, I think, when they were still open. Now it's like you're just surrounded by buildings on every side. And the best part is one of them is just a cement wall all the way up. No I saw that. We saw that over there in the weekend. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. think about it. Like, what is now your resale value? It's nothing. nothing. Right? Like, who is going... Like, you can't build a condo there. Your best bet is to negotiate with a developer who is interested in the time and say, That's listen, so, I, don't know why I will go ahead and sell it. But, like, it's, it's just... People get so worked up, right? Like, people just think, oh, you know, developer, deep pockets, they'll yeah, pay yeah, yeah. whatever. Surprise! And yeah, at some point, like you can you can only push someone up against the wall so far. Yeah, and it's like you know what? It's not worth it for me anymore. Uh, there's a lot away. of places on. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna ask one more question. I was gonna say there's a lot of places on King Street that 
I feel like that's what's interesting, right? Like King, you like you see it now from what it was like ten years ago, let's say, and it's like night and day. And the crazy thing is, there's still so many properties that have held out that could be that could be transformed. Like that leather, I think he's a Greek guy too. Oh. That leather shop, yeah, right at across Wilbur, like that's gonna sell for what? For, I don't even know how many millions, but that thing is like all the way to the back. That'll sell. Like for your eyes only, just sold to be a restaurant. I think like that yeah. one day will come down. Yeah. It's so crazy to think about. Well, it's like the people that have held though that have enough like frontage yeah. are going to be laughing in a oh, few sure. in a few years. But if, sure. if you're not like if your lot's not deep, you're kind of screwed. But you see the um, that massive project that's happening on King Street now across from the keg there. What's it like? Let's call it five hundred. No, that's uh, where old Starbucks is. It's called yeah, um, it's the pix it's the pixel building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be stunning. It's architecturally. So that was like, a that was announced awesome. like seven years ago. Yeah. I actually went through. I was debating putting an offer. Then I highly regret not doing it now because it was like when it sold. Then it was I think like out of was it 900 a square foot at the time? Yeah, and that's going to be worth and, like... 12, oh, no, stupid now, stupid. 12, 13. That's the first... Yeah. It, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, it's going to be sick. I wanted to ask something because I, I do. I want to get on to some of the other stuff that you're doing too. Um, what do you think... And I this might be a loaded question. I don't know. Where do you see the condo and the housing market in the GTA going over the next 12 months to 24 months? You know what? I, 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 it's funny. I've had this, I had this discussion with so a client I feel like that's something yesterday. everybody's curious about. For sure, for sure. And I, I had this discussion yesterday with a client of mine who just bought a listing out today. Um, and it's one of those things where when you're part of the introductory price point, I think you're okay. You're safe. It, when, when, when the going gets tough, like it's, it's the higher price inventory that always suffers more. Um, I, I do feel like, you know, once now that we're, you know, we're at, at, as a country as a whole, I think we're at like 65% vaccinated for at least the first vaccination. We're moving towards normalcy. Like things should be better. Um, I do strongly feel that, you know, in the next six months, eight months, whatever, um, we should be okay. However, I do feel like if we do slow down slightly, um, it'll be the higher price point items that will sort of like, you know, suffer more. If you're looking to sell or buy that, you know, smaller, like five, six, 800 square foot condo, I think you're, you're fine. You're, you're, you're in a, you're in, you're in an area where that's basically the bread and butter for most people, right? Like based on what our average household income is based on what our, our our government thresholds are based on like what these new lending policies are like you know the uh the like you you have the stress test like where yes the bank's willing to give you a mortgage at two percent but you have to qualify it over over five percent you know it, it's it's building in these practices where people aren't buying biting off more than they can chew so you know when it when it comes down to it like i i say Go ahead. Like if, if you're looking to sell like and you, and you think you want to basically offset some of the market downfall, you don't have to rush out there and go on the market now. Like I think you're okay. But if you're like at 2,000 square feet with high maintenance fees and things like that, your property is what's going to stay on the market longer, right? So I'd say sell it now rather than wait. So for smaller units, it's a buyer's market, bigger units, it's a seller's market? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's, you know, no, opposite. opposite. Oh, so for, for, for smaller so units, it's the it's a seller's market. Seller's market. For, long, for larger units, you're at, a, you're at the whim of the buyer, basically saying, you know what, like, I like this or I don't. Okay. Yeah. You got to remember, that they, the, the small units will always be like, it's relative, right? Like even the price per square foot goes up, it's still affordable. Yeah. I, I still find that interesting. And I, this is me speaking like, I, I mean, real estate's been the one area that I've always invested in more so than like stock market and all that stuff. I just like, I've always had a fascination with it. And I've always kind of, I think understood it as much and as you can like more than I could can physically well, there's, see there's the tangible. Tangible. There's something tangible. tangible. That's exactly. the market tanks tomorrow. You've got the, you the deed. You've, sit oh, you, yeah. yeah. Sit on it. And exactly. that's, and the thing is, so I've always like that. I've always, since I started actually like, you know, investing my, my money in different assets, but that was kind of the one that I've always like 
pursue more because I feel like I have a bit more knowledge. I don't know everything because no, who the fuck knows? I thought the market was going to crash like five years ago. Yeah. I remember I wrote a th- my my grade, tw- uh, sorry, my grade 12, my fourth year university like thesis paper for my major. I wrote them, this is in 2012. I wrote the market would crash in like five years in Toronto. Wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> Very wrong about that. <laughs> I started, Literally, I started, no, seven, maybe it was seven years, but I think like five to seven years that it was going to tank. I started 15 oh, uh, years wrong. ago. And Very wrong. Like, oh, there's the bubble's going to burst. The bubble's going to burst. You know, and, and I can tell you today, the bubble hasn't burst. The bubble is just floating away. Yeah, it's it's floating in the upward trajectory, and it's like gone, gone, gone. And what the, what I there's also, a huge demand. That's and that's the thing too that I find interesting is like where I was going at that point as well is like to what Ricky was asking is like you know people say like it's so unaffordable. People can't afford to live in Toronto. It's crazy. We need more rentals. We need more of this. People can't afford it. I mean, if you actually look at the price per square foot compared to any major metropolitan city, Canada is the fourth largest city. I think. Fourth in uh, fourth largest in North America. Yeah. Are you sorry, are you saying Toronto? Toronto. What did I you say? Said Canada. Sorry, Toronto. Toronto is the fourth largest city. Uh, I think behind Mexico City, Los Angeles, and New York. And we passed we passed Chicago a few years oh, ago. Oh, prices were nothing. We're like it, peanuts. We're, we're, we're nothing. And people say, yeah, the cost of living hasn't gone up relatively relative to that. But I mean, like, hasn't? Are people not? Are there? Does it not? At least at surface level, it appears there's more people making more money, more businesses, more startups, you know, more people entering the investment banking world, the real estate, whatever it is. It seems as if the perception is that there's more opportunity, more opportunity being created, more, you know, multinational companies coming here. Immigration booms in Toronto. It's the number one place to immigrate in Canada. So you have these people compl- like saying the market's going to crash or it's unsustainable, unaffordable. But it, like, as a someone who like follows it a little bit, not an expert by any means, it doesn't seem like that, relatively speaking. No, because like, like you can go I, live in New York and live in like we talked about earlier, like a three hundred square foot p- apartment that you don't even yeah. own. That like you like you know you have to shit, I don't want to say shit in the shower, but it kind of came out. But like, or you can move here and buy the same. Like you can buy probably a thousand square feet for the same price, if not more. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. Know, I just find it so interesting. That, you know, everyone says it's unattainable, it's unsustainable, but it it seems like it's still so affordable comparatively to the other major cities in the world, yeah. like in North America. And like so, and I, to that point, like what I will say, like another huge emerging trend that we're seeing is the bank of mom and dad, right? Like mom and dad are typically sitting on a house that they bought 20, 30, 40 years ago for next to nothing. They realize they're sitting on like millions of dollars in equity, even if it's like an average home. Let's say that they've paid their house off now. It's worth at least a million, million and a half, maybe $2 million. And they realize, okay, you know what? We're going to give Rizwan $200,000 because if he doesn't enter the market now, he never will be He's able SOL. to. Right? So it, it's one of those things where <coughs> we'll gift you 200000 But, and, and I always say this, right? Like when you borrow from the bank of mom and dad, the money is interest-free, but it's never opinion-free. Because then you're like, you're, you're, you're at a point where it's like mom and dad are like, well, you better buy a freehold and you better buy a townhouse and you better buy, you better buy outside of the city and you better get a big backyard, get four bedrooms, get three bedrooms. And it's like, okay. Oh, damn, four bedrooms. Well, how much mom and dad got you know in what I mean? <laughs> damn, but it, it, In some cases, they've got millions of dollars, right? But like, it, it's, it's one of those things where their opinion now has to yeah. matter. They are now, like, you know, for a realtor, for, for me, for example, I'm no longer just helping my buyers buy. I also have to satisfy mom and dad and be like, okay, we're at a point where everyone is, everyone is somewhat happy. So that, that's the thing. Like, you know, like we, we've, we've got a city where, you know, our, our prices aren't that high, but when you compare it to the average household income, we're extremely high. For sure. When you when you go to the bank and you say, "Hey, listen, I qualify for this mortgage based on my income, based on what you're going to charge me in interest, but the government now wants to charge me three times as a qualifying rate," that's where it becomes difficult, right? So it's like, okay, 
our 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 real estate values like for example i i bought a i bought a pre-construction condo it was an assignment sale and in two years i sold it for a profit of four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. how is that sustainable in the long run it's not because if you really think about it yes i made almost a hundred percent profit or eighty percent profit but has the average income gone up 80%? It has not, right? So at what point do you realize, okay, you know what? It's better just get in the market and, you know, get whatever we want to get. So again, I was talking to my clients yesterday who were thinking of renting their space, their, uh, their large one-bedroom condo at, at um, Young and Carlton, Young and College, and uh, because they want to buy something else. They want to buy something bigger. And this was our discussion. So this discussion was, do we sell now or do we just rent it out? And it was, go ahead and sell it because the longer you wait, let's say two years from now, three years from now, the property that you want to move into is also going to grow. So the fact that like the rental's not doing anything for you, like, you know, every property has a ceiling. It's a one bedroom. It's worth 650 today. It's not going to 800,000. I'm sorry. It's not going to a million dollars, at least not for a very, very, very long time. And if that's at a million dollars, then the house that you want to be in is at 3 million. So how much more do you have to save to get there? Like how long do you spend chasing the market? Yeah. It's funny you say that because <clears throat> my parents back in 2011, they sold my childhood home, right? Beautiful little home in, in the city, Black Creek and Lawrence area. Yeah, like great, great home. Like yeah. honestly, I still love it. Corner unit too. It was just amazing. And uh, they sold it at the time. I think it was $800,000 or something, right? And it was a beautiful home. They bought this, you know, a little bit bigger home bungalow up in Vaughn and they gutted it, they rented it and they paid a little bit more for that. And I remember thinking like three, when the market took off in like <coughs> 14 or 15, whatever, I remember thinking, I'm like, man, that house I grew up in is like a $1.5 million, $2 million home. Like it's got, it had a pool, it's in the city, sure. 10 minutes from the, the TTC line, yeah. big corner lot, whatever. And then they're like, yeah, Rick, it's fair. That, that house probably is worth like 1.5 million. But if that house was worth 1.5, this house that we're currently living in, could have been worth so much more too, right? For like sure. you got to take, it's relative. You, yeah, you got to take both sides of the, the can't yeah. just look at it, can't have your cake and eat it too, right? So yeah. Yeah. they, uh, it would have been nice if they kept it and I could have lived in that house. Yeah, but that's why like when, when sell, when buyers ask me, my well, dream what, what, are the, what do the sellers pay for this house? My first, my first Doesn't matter. answer always, it's irrelevant. Yeah. You weren't around 10 years ago when the sellers bought it because <laughs> if you were, then you would have owned it, yeah. right? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it, like, Boom. that's irrelevant. Yeah. Like, they could have paid five bucks for it. They could have gotten it for free. It's what is it this property worth today based on current comps, based on what the neighborhood is doing, based on what everything else is doing in the yeah, building yeah. or, you know, in the neighborhood. So, yeah, it, it's, again. Um, it's funny you say it like that to a, well, like, it doesn't matter what it's sold for and everything. And I, like, my dad's always told me because my, that's kind of in my dad's thing as well. Like, he got me into real estate. I'm really interested from young age. Um, he always says one thing to me, like from when I was a kid, and that's why I've been able to kind of like I've offloaded the places I've had when I had them. He told me two things that kind of contradictory, but they both apply. He first told me, he first told me, don't <laughs> ever get attached to brick and beams, like yeah. don't ever get emotional with brick and beams. Yeah. Like it's a fucking house, You're like yeah. do not get attached to it. Um, but on the other hand, he always says, you know, don't sell if you don't have to sell. If you can afford to carry the cost, do it. But you know, seeing what the market was like, like to the point that it's relative, right? Like I bought my place two years later you make a hundred percent return you're like this makes no fucking sense like I can, okay i can oh. hold it longer and longer and maybe it doubles you know another hundred percent ten years from yeah, now yeah. but the thing is is that again this is at least how i look at it I'm not saying scientific or, or data proven the mathematics if we don't add up but you know 
you can do that and hold and accumulate assets. And over the long term, you probably come out net ahead. But it's also relative, right? Like, you know, you hold the asset. Like you said, you're kind of capped, right? It kind of grows. Your market grew fast and it kind of levels off a little bit. Sure. You sell that. You get another place that's like at least that I did in my assumption that I'm hoping I'm going to be correct in a few years. I moved out farther into Mimico, which is still a nice area, but it's not nearly where downtown. Like you're not, it's not King yeah, Street. Yeah, for sure. But then, you know, my area, I moved there because I saw, okay, First Capital's building that on the Christie lands and there's a new Mimico station coming and all these things. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? Can I afford to take a 10 and minute? like it. And I love the area. Yeah. But I was like, you know, cost per <laughs> roof, it's less. The building's older, but, you know, I'm getting a bigger place. I'm spending the same money and that money now compounds and it grows further. And, you know, the, the neighborhood has more potential rather than downtown. Not that downtown doesn't have potential, but it's kind of slowing down the growth in, in certain pockets. And it's like, okay, I could have held it and grew it. Been a little more stretched in there, but like I could take that money out live still comfortably and yeah i don't have two assets now but hopefully this one grows farther relatively and then i can sit on one and go farther you right you got an app my boy it's okay true true if cast takes <laughs> off we don't gotta worry about it this is all relative too but no <laughs> anyways um but it's interesting but the other thing i wanted to jump back to is what people always when they ask what did the other person pay for this and it's funny it's kind of like a psychological thing right people want to know that the person's not coming it's how up much too, money they're making yeah they don't want <laughs> it's like it's like what does it matter but it, it's a yeah. thing that makes people tick right and i think everyone has it in the back of their mind they want to know what they're coming out ahead for with. sure for sure yeah for sure that's crazy to me but like you know it's, it's also, also the stress right like when i look at even my my current place then i i spent six months renovating it i basically at one point i thought oh you know i'm just gonna just redo the floors redo the tile in the bathroom and redo the kitchen where do you live? Not exact uh, address, but area. Like I'm in Yorkville. Ooh. So, so Bougie, yeah, which is, <laughs> hey, it's a swanky <laughs> place. Okay, if you okay. go to my Instagram, you'll see like, uh, STK on a Friday night, you catch him there. <laughs> Style Canada came through and, uh, took some photos MTV of the inside, Cribs, which is kind of nice. No, it's actually, it's, it's really, it That's turned awesome. out, it turned out super oh, well. Where's our invite? But I know you guys are welcome anytime I'm, you want. I'm Just available. bring the beer. Um, <laughs> so, but, We'll but bring them. I, I, I know how how much I went through to renovate this place, right? So there's sweat equity. There's, you know, also my business, like, because I'm very much hands-on. You know, like, I, 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 I'm very generous as a person, but also at the same time, like, when it comes to certain things, like, I'm like, I'm not going to be taking for a ride, right? So I, I project manage, I PM my entire, uh, my entire reno, and I hired each and every trade myself. I supervised them and did everything that I could. But during that year, the six months that I renovated, of course, my business suffered. So therefore, I took on less listings. I took on less buyers because I was occupied, right? So where's the cost, the differential there, right? So people don't get it and it's okay. Like I, some people get it and they don't. And yeah. like, it, it, you can educate people only so far, right? Like can it, it, horse it's, to water, can't make them drink. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I, I, I was selling a townhouse recently and, you know, uh, these young buyers were in love with the in love with the property but again they were borrowing from the bank of mom and dad and the last house that dad bought was over 40 years ago and dad just didn't get it and you know we took a beat we let the deal die we i reapproached them 24 hours later and you know whether dad liked it or not we came to an agreement where you know everybody, everyone was sort of happy, and, and we and we got the deal done. So it's it's just it's just everyone has different levels of sensitivity when it comes to those things. Yeah. Some buyers don't ever ask. They don't even ask how much the property's worth. They're just like, I've looked at fifty, and I've lost out on ten. Just give them whatever the hell they want, so I can stop this process. I was like, Ricky, right? Ricky, type kept getting taken L's. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll tell the story now because <clears throat> we were it's been a little bit of a while and i didn't want to tell back-to-back -back stories about first-time home bars but <laughs> so i uh 
I've been living downtown since 2012 and I rented. First I rented because I wasn't sure where I wanted to live. So I'm like, you know, let me rent to see if I like this area. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, I don't know if I'm going to like living downtown. You know, I, it's fun on weekends, but fuck, do I really want to live downtown Monday to Thursday? So I lived downtown with a good buddy of mine, Rob Sweeney. Shout out. He just had a kid a couple months ago too. Congrats, Sweeney. So I lived with him. We had a blast. We loved it. So then he decided, him and his brother moved in together. Me and my brother moved in together. And I liked my area, but I was like, ooh, you know what? I kind of like a little bit East End, you know, St. Uh, St. Lawrence Market, St. James area. Yeah. So me and my brother moved out there. Loved the area, hated the building. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't do this building. So me and my brother moved into uh, 300 Front Street. Okay. Loved it. And that's when my dad, Great I remember building. him specifically telling me, Ricky, you should buy a place. You have the money, just buy a place. And I'm like, I don't know where I want to live yet. And he, my family had just bought in a, a pre-construction condo at Bathurst and Adelaide, the 111 okay. Bathurst. Yeah. Terrible building management, by the way. And put them on blast. So, uh, 300 front, me and my brother loved it. We're like, you know what? Okay, maybe the next place we'll look into buying. So, me, my brother, and my one of my best friends at the time, Shay, we uh, moved into um, 15 Ice Boat Terrace. We had a like 1,400 square foot or 1,300 square foot corner unit, 32nd floor, south, east facing, CN Tower, Sky Dome, water views, like gorgeous unit. The building isn't the best, but. I remember we were renting it for three grand a month, three of us. So it was like very Steel. affordable. Yeah, very affordable. Yeah. This is 2015-ish. And my dad's like, just you guys, me and my brother, team up, buy it. You rent it out a little bit. You guys pay your own mortgage. You, you guys can do it. And the guy wanted like 650 or something, 675. And me and my brother were like, okay, we'll give you six or something. Or he wanted 700. We're like, we'll give you 650. And the guy's like, no. My dad was like, just buy it. Guys, just like... I'll chip in the extra 50. What was the square footage of it? 1,300. Yeah, now you're looking pretty foolish. Whoa, let me, let, let me, get, let me get back to the story. Oh, let's go. That was 2015. So we didn't buy it. A year later, the guy's like, hey, I'm listing it. Uh, you guys want it. It's listed for 800, 800 or something. We're like, what the fuck? No, it was just listed at 700 yeah. a year ago. You're yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah. man. What's wrong with you? Well, sold it for 800. Yeah. So fast forward. My brother moved out with his now fiance, uh, Virgie. Me and Shay, my partner, uh, not my partner, my roommate at the time. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> We moved into, uh, we went a little bit more west. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having a tough day with girls here. Tell you. Uh, we moved out to the West End. Uh, it's a roller coaster of a story. Yeah. So we moved out to the West End. <laughs> it's a tough day with I'm girls too. Like, what is the rest of this? Phone. <laughs> so we moved out to the West End. We got this little place and whatever. I was like, didn't like it. I moved back home. I'm like, you know, I'm going to buy a place at this point. I'm going to buy a place. So I knew, I knew my, remember my one kilometer box I wanted to live yeah. in. Got my realtor. I saw legit 50 units. Like legit 50. Remember, I'm only looking in a, like a little tiny area. So like I knew That's every super building. Saturated, yeah, right? I like saw every building I went in. I saw like three sure, units in the building sure. every single time. And uh, I just kept getting beats, like just offer day, offer day. I literally, I'd see a place. I'm like, you know what? I like this. I don't love it. I like it. It's affordable. I can afford this. I'm going to give you what you want for it. And they're like, no, we're going to no, wait until offer day. I was we like, have five other people. I literally, I'm the first yeah. person here. Take my offer. No, I'll give you five grand more, 10 grand more. Just give me the freaking home. Yeah. Whatever. Long yeah. story short, I ended up getting my place. But I saw my unit, one story above mine, listed for $1.5 million. You said the 1,300 square yeah. foot one. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 1.5 million, I think it sold for like 1.3. What year was this? This is in 2019. Yeah, yeah, it would have been the, later, the peak of the market. About a thousand, yeah. I think it's about a thousand. It literally offered money double, and I just remember thinking about it because, like, I saw it on the listing that you know the auto generated realtor.com yeah, yeah, yeah. listings or whatever. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. Mind you, like, I'm happy with my home now. Like, I got it for an affordable price. Like, I I love it. It's already gone up, yeah. but like, it's just crazy to think that if I just listened to my dad, it's like again, I had the money too because like I worked throughout university, sure. and I was just like, I don't know, I don't know, and you being indecisive. 
And now it's like, look, I to, I had to borrow from the bank of mom and dad because even though I had money for my down payment, if I only used my money, my mortgage would have been unaffordable. For sure. And it's like, I do all right. You know, I have a good yeah. job, work family business again. Like, Bank of Frank is just helping me here. But sometimes it's, the it's best tough. name, the Bank of the Frank. Bank of Frank. Bank of Frank. Uh, yeah, it's like without the bank of mom and dad, yeah. like I don't understand how a lot of people, if you didn't get in like when Georgie did six, seven years ago, how you can afford it. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, it's, it's a stepping stone, right? Like I was 24 years old when I bought my first house, which is now 11 years ago. And it's a detached three bedroom house with a basement apartment for 322,000. Where, where was this? It's in Brampton. Okay. So, which is like out of the city, but still, three, like the house is worth over a million dollars today. Easy. 322,000. Yep. Right. It's, it's, it's all relative, right? Like you didn't get in when you did. It's missed a missed opportunity. Yep. All right. you can do is kick yourself. But, yeah, but then, my first, know, gotta it, get in. it is what my it is. My first condo I bought was at 650 King. I'll never forget. I literally walked this one. The one that I kept nickel and yeah, diming. Yeah, yeah. 600 and something square feet 600 ish square feet but the 100 square foot balcony 2015 i bought it and i sold it in 2017 and i only sold it because the building was get, going up to block my north facing view yeah i think i paid three hundred and thirty thousand dollars for it in 2015 like so that's nothing. almost like 500 a foot nothing and i sold it at like eight almost 800 a foot yeah. i think two years later yeah. maybe more i think it was absolutely insane like the insane that's like the one our, our family owns too it's like a little 500 square foot unit paid it was ten percent down payment of two hundred twenty-five grand. So you were blocking his view. No, no, no. I his was actually <laughs> next to it. <laughs> we're at one eleven. Yeah, we're one eleven bathrooms. One eleven bathrooms. Well, not you, but like you know where Maverick is. Spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. Our family. Yeah, yeah. okay. The one. It's literally, there. Was, I think two hundred twenty-five grand. Now yeah. it's like I don't know, like worth like five. Buying was the that was the yeah. best decision I ever made getting yeah. in the market. Like but it was, you know, it, it, it was tight. Again, obviously, like on you know finance for the while, but like the best thing ever. I know we're we're hitting that mark. I do want to switch over because on the notes Danielle sent us, I saw something about exotic animals. Yes, I, well, I horseback ride. I don't horses aren't that exotic, but they're exotic enough. Your first dog sale. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, it was at a pet store, so like I, I started selling dogs and cats. Danielle, and, you made that sound so much crazier. I saw exotic. Okay, I can get there. I'm not, okay. Don't throw Danielle under the bus. Give her a second. Uh, <laughs> I got you, Danielle. Don't okay, worry. let's. Before the guys totally fucking kill you. Okay, I can't swear on. You can swear. You can swear. No, I, I you can, can. The brand, oh, the brand, the brand, the brand. Uh, HGTV. Okay. I got you here, Danielle. Okay. Um, no, but so yeah, my, my first sales gig was raising exotic parrots and you know selling all everything under the sun when it comes to like pets and household like hermit crabs and things like that, um, which was great. I was there three days a week and I was out selling my store manager. Like I was out earning my store manager, which was amazing. You know, it it, it, I, I, it became apparent when my pay stub started coming sealed from head office and everybody else's she was sealing right so it's like just so she wouldn't know but like you know you, at that point you realize you could do the math like you she's uh -huh. got the numbers but um but it was great like it, it was one of those things where I, I i say this to everybody sales is not something you can teach either you have it or you don't um that's a good question for cast can you teach sales ask it I will after this. <laughs> like, no, honestly, it, like it, it, it's a skill set that you can't necessarily teach people. Like you know, like I would agree. There are things. There are things sales. that you can do. Like either people feel comfortable or they don't. Right? You know, like I, I've gotten to listings. I've gotten to showings where we'll open the front door and literally we'll close it back and we'll lock it. We won't even walk the property. And I'll tell. I'll look at my client. I'll say, "You're, you're going to hate this." 
and that's enough for them to be like, yeah, we're going to hate it. And we all walk away. So it, it's getting to that point where they trust you enough. Um, you know, I, funny enough, I recently we were at a buyer's revisit um, at River City and uh, my client was like, you know, my, my one of her clients was asking her how stressful the home buying process has been. And she's like, well, you don't have a Rizwan in your life. Right. So half the properties that they like want, that. half the properties they wanted to offer on, I was the one talking them out of it. Not just because I want the best for them, and I do. Of course, I want the best for them. But I also know in two years, three years, five years, they're going to come back and ask me to sell that place. And I want my job to be easy too. Right? Like I, I, I want to have a desirable property to sell. If it's facing a brick wall or if it's a, in, a, in a horrible building or if it's in a great, dodgy, seedy neighborhood, I don't have to deal with that either. Right? So it, it's safeguarding for the future. But most importantly, it's helping my clients build for their future. Right? So like yeah. now they're walking in quarter of a million dollars higher right so yeah like you know so back to exotic pets and stuff like you you build these skill sets even when you're younger like how does a 15 year old know how to schmooze a 30 year old and say hey buy a dog right like you don't it's either either you have that ability to win their trust over or you don't oh that's fair you know and 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 i remember like at one point like i had three different families (laughs) buying um buying a dog each and I had them at three different tables sitting down, filling out paperwork and warranty stuff and whatever. And I was standing there like a guest speaker telling them how to fill out their paperwork. I didn't know there was commission sales on exo- on animals. Oh, yeah, it I was 2%. And, and like my record, bad, month, eh? my record month, my record month was bad. Realtors only two and a half now. Eh? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a little bit lower, <laughs> but like also keep in mind, like I was that 15 year old taking a cab to and from work pre pre Uber days. Cause like, you know, Uber oh, was yeah. nothing back then. And, I'd go on my lunch hour, go to Godiva and buy like $200 in chocolate covered strawberries. And sit, 15-year-old living large here. Sit, Holy sit, sit in the back damn, of the room be friends and with you. stuffing my face with chocolate covered strawberries. I'm Meanwhile, your manager's eating like fucking Halloween Kit Walk. Match Walk, eh? Yeah, on special, you know? <laughs> the special of the day. It's six ninety-nine. Yeah, like it was... It that was, was a true story. He remembers that, eh? Price oh, too. Like, minute, I was getting six eighty-five an hour. Can you believe that? So it was purely just commission, right? I so love that. It, it, it's one of those things where like, you know, yeah, what does a 15-year-old have to go and like talk to someone who's an adult and be like, hey, buy a dog? You can't, right? It, it's, about, it's about getting them to understand that they need this dog in their life. You know, it's... Art of selling. Yeah, the art of selling. And so it's that. hard to teach that. I agree. So you were always good at sales. Oh, I, 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 I think I sold uh, a bus pass for one of my exes and, and, and made the money on it. made them five bucks. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it is. I've sold everything. Shoes, jewelry, dogs, cats, <laughs> birds, reptiles, everything. Houses, condos. Well, that's now, but yeah. What's the... Sh- uh, can I ask this? What's the... What's the what was the hardest prop? Was there a property that was like really hard to sell and you had to like really work oh, your absolutely. magic? absolutely. Like it, it was uh, a homeowner who had renovated his own property. It was in Hamilton and uh, it was atro- like it was horrific. <laughs> horrific. Like everything was just so, poor- this. Wow, so, awesome. so poorly done. Like think of it this way. Like in, in just in the bathroom, like in the shower, there was because he didn't buy enough tile because um, no. he thought he would cut cut some corners. There was a a, basically a patch right in the middle like eye level that was left so then he just cemented over that and basically got some regular like some random tile smashed it and he's like that's the mosaic in the middle and i was like that looks like no. garbage right 
but I sold it, unfortunately. unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> for, for the for the new buyer. Well learned commission you know, on like, that one. Again, they did their due diligence. They, did, they had their home inspection. Right. We 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 did whatever we could do. But like it's it's just one of those things where you can't help people. Like, sir, you're an accountant. Stick in your lane. I'm a realtor. I'll stick to mine. I will let the contractors and the tradesmen and women do, do whatever they're doing. So you know, like it's that. just I love it. You 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 can't. Yeah, <laughs> that's so fun. I'm just picturing this mosaic now. Oh, and also the toilet was also two feet off the ground because of the plumbing, and it was just it was awful, awful, awful space. That's how when I renovated space. mine. I just literally had a I had a friend from university who does design. I'm like, just like this is what I want. Just like, can you please do it? And she's like, yeah, we'll make it work. I heard of the trades. I, I didn't that's do it. I didn't do anything. Like I just like yeah. this is what I like. Like do with this. my current renovation, I knew exactly what I wanted. I just hired people to do it yeah right but then i, I supervised it like you know some days i'd yeah. go home and they're like sitting on my balcony like taking pictures of the skyline ha- eating lunch and i'm like okay it's like you know 9 30 in the morning you got here an hour ago yeah because like, it's not lunch not paying but, you to take pictures of the sky yeah but like it's, it's <laughs> but it's, it is what it is like and then you know they they i refer business to these guys as well and like half the time they wouldn't even show up because they got a quick job out in brantford or somewhere else and they're like okay we're gonna take off for a few days because you're already paying us Right, like it's it's one of those things where I I always tell clients two things I will never recommend to you, a moving company, and any sort of tradespeople. It's just it, it will ruin our relationship. It's hard to find a good moving company. It's it's hard. It's very hard. And I have some good ones, but even they'll, like they they've done yeah. some things where it's like okay, well that's very questionable. Yeah. Right. We've so been fairly lucky hard. actually. I've moved since I moved downtown in 2012. Yeah. I've moved probably seven times. It's I think I moved nightmare. every year. And I think we've uh, George's brother Yanni and my brother John. Those two are Best just like movers because George is not a good mover. Yeah, George, I'll George come and supervise if you want. George, but George will it. come and help out. Every I don't even move my own there. stuff. I don't he'll move my own be stuff. There. George will be there. I hire Robert, movers. Like why am I gonna like Yanni and John? All oh, those two, they're great. I think I've moved with Yanni and John like four times. But also think about it this way, right? Like you can hire someone to move something for four or five hundred bucks. Let's say a thousand bucks. If you throw out your back for like a week, what is that worth to you? Right? Like, you know, you know, one of our professors like in university was like, okay, you lose 20 bucks. Like how long are you going to spend looking for it? And you know, like there are answers all over the place in the, in the, in the, in the lecture hall, like, you know, two hours, three hours, four hours. Like, okay, so two hours, you value your time at $10 an hour at five hours. You value yourself at like, you know, I don't want to say what I value my time at because people will hate me on this podcast. But I'm <laughs> honestly, like, I, that's why I hire movers. I'm like, why would I, I could be doing totally never mind even working and earning money. I don't just do nothing. Like I'm not going to rather sit at home and play with my, like my pet dog. Like that is, <laughs> yeah, that, that is you sold yourself. Worth, <laughs> yeah. No, she's younger than that. But like, I, again, fun fact, like she was, I, we went out to go look at a dog that we wanted to buy and it was $15,000. It was this Korean Maltese. And I was like, $15,000. I'm not, it was a micro teacup. I'm like, I'm not paying 15. I'm a salesman. Like I'm not paying $15,000 for a dog. Then I was like, where are Teddy's mom and dad? And she's like, oh, well, they live in Korea. I said, amazing. Thank you. I'm like, we have all that we need. Let's go. So we left. Uh, and then I started researching. I've, I looked for like, you know, Korean Maltese, like in, in Korea, whatever. Finally bought finally bought Luna who I have now. And, uh, so she was still $6,500, but I'm not paying 15,000 bucks. That's fucking crazy for a dog. dog. Holy Ridiculous. shit. No, yeah, that's a, that's a lot. But anyways, <laughs> lot. to your point, like, yeah, man, my, yeah, anyways, my time is, uh, it's valuable. We'll leave it at that. It's valuable. You don't want, we'll and also you don't want to throw yourself out. Like this is not like, I, I'm not a mover. This right? is the best like, part though. Like if you actually think about it relatively too, like this is what my mentality was when I bought my first place and I sold it. And yeah, walked away with like literally a hundred percent return on my investment. I'm like, okay, so I'm making all this money. 
I'm really gonna like. I'm not saying I'm like by no means that rich that when like I just made my first good deal. Cool. Like that's not that money. If you know buy another place in my last year, couple of years, that's it. It's not like you're like retiring. But I was like, can I not afford to just like get the pay guys? Five, like I think it was like a thousand bucks, maybe not even. Yeah, it was a thousand bucks. I think they packed everything, wrapped everything, lifted everything, and moved to my next place. Unpacked everything, put everything away. I was like, is yeah, that, that not a worth a thousand dollars? Like for sure, I would I probably pay more than that. I, mean, Man, I remember getting quoted. It was always like insane amounts. Oh, no, no. I would pay three like, grand. I'm like, three grand? But like, see, my condo's like 500 square but feet. But see, I would probably yeah. pay that still. Yeah. No. Like, do you understand how easy? Like, I, like just, oh, I've moved a fucking bed frame once through an elevator. I was like, nah, no, nah, it's not for me. No, I got yeah. John and Yanni. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Those two, those guys are yeah, good. Yeah, uh, the brothers. George, 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 George shows life. up for pizza. Free labor, a case of good. beer. Here you go. That's it. It's from our sponsor. Thank you so much. Here you go. I work smart, not hard. Um, I that's think, getting to that point. Yeah, we're getting to the point. First of all, man, thanks for coming on. You're a beauty. This was My great. Pleasure. This, was, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, we've got two questions we always ask every guest before we Go wrap up. It. The first, if there was a movie about your life, I almost asked you a question. Holy crap! Yeah, today's the day. Uh, if there was a movie about your life, who would you want to star as you? Oh God, like. So I, I was just actually just watching Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Like I, I just know watched why. it. Too. No, I watched Guantanamo Bay. I think recently. That was not as funny. Oh really? Dude, yeah. I, no. I forgot how good those no, movies I, are. So so my trainer came over. We haven't worked out in like six months because I, I during COVID I created a, a home gym in my uh, storage locker, which is attached to my parking spot. It's like a whole room and stuff. I put astroturf down. We got a oh, bench. Nice. And we did all stuff. It was nice. It was nice. All right. It's like, it's like my invite's definitely getting. I need this invite. Yeah. To this. Come use it. I'll just give you the key to the locker. Come use it at your free will. Like I've stopped. Like after six months, I'm like I can't do this anymore. It's like you know, it's like a dungeon basically. Whatever. Uh, so he came over. We were having burgers and we're, so we're watching. So Cal Penn probably. Like I think that guy is just great. I got a fun fact Amazing. about Cal Penn. He's a nice guy. I actually did. A, I bumped into him in Toronto. Oh wow. I I used to go uh, back when things were open. I would go to Legree once a week with my oh, sister. I always say that back when things were open. This is like maybe <laughs> like twenty nine. This is already twenty nineteen. It sounds so old. I, I was at uh, I was at Legree on King Street with my sister. Look, by the way, Legree is hard as hell. Oh, yeah. hard as hell. Um. Anyways, I'm working out and this guy's walking out. I was like, man, he looks really familiar. And I get down the stairs, like walks out. I look at him. I was like, I'm like, Cal. He's like, yeah. I'm like, nice to meet you, man. She's like, said hi, whatever. Pleasure. He's like, oh, I drew the class, making small talk. I was like, man, you are fucking cool. Like he is, and he does not like in person. Nothing like that movie. Like he's very like. So at least I've met a stranger, so you never know. But For very sure. chill. For sure. I'm like, I ever told you that. Yeah, I met him once. At, oh, that's funny though. Yeah, yeah. For nice sure. Guy. Anyways, yeah, but that, that's all what it is, right? Like it's it's it. There, he's playing a role on on, yeah, on yeah. camera. Uh, yeah. and it, it, is he Canadian? No, I don't think so. No? no, a lot of people say no. That was all. That was I hard. Thought, I thought I was yeah, like, yeah, uh, I, don't know. Yeah. I was like, when was in Toronto? Uh, Anyways, last question. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Uh, you know what? Like, it, it's difficult. Like, I, I hear a lot of this for uh, obviously, like I read these these inspirational quotes and people like you know on their deathbed being like, "Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't don't pine over our next. Like, don't worry about whatever." I feel like I've always been very good at living in the present because I've always believed that it's going to be okay or some version of okay. And it, you know, and if it's not ideal, I'll find a way to adapt to it. Right. So I, and I, and I think, I think that like, you know, even in my business today, like if you go to some realtors and you go to, you go and like look at places, they're approaching it. It's like do or die for them. If they make the sale, they pay their mortgage. If they make the sale, they put food on the table. It's a very different perspective. Whereas where I go in, I'm like, 
I want you to make the best decision for yourself. So, you know, you're happy coming home every day. We're happy opening the door. Like, you know, during the pandemic, like all my friends were like, I hate my life. Like we're stuck at home, blah, 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 blah. You know, I, I don't want to sound, you know, uh, arrogant in any way, shape or form. But like I'd walk out of my bedroom and be like, I am privileged to quarantine in my home. I am privileged to have Wi-Fi, my cell phone, a laptop, Netflix, you know, a, a fridge full of booze, a wine fridge. You know, like it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's all about perspective. And like, mm-hmm. I, and I, you know, very early on, I think maybe it's the Godiva chocolates when I was 15 years old. I don't know. Or, 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 or I, I don't know what it was, but I've always been, I've, I've always allowed myself to just live in the present and believe that it's going to be okay. Because I feel like every single day I put in the work that's needed to make sure it's going to be okay. Yeah. Love that. Love it. That's yeah. great advice. Love it. But before we wrap up, people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, everything. Where can they go? How can they find you? I literally on Instagram. Like if you go to R- at Rizwan Malik, um, if I burp, I post about it. So you'll catch it all. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll see this today too. Yeah, so. Terrific. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on. This was such a good My conversation. Pleasure, yeah. Thank you for a having me. A lot of fun. Me. If you've made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Follow each of us. All of our socials are in the caption below. And other than that, signing off and see you soon. Peace. Guys, thank you. That was awesome. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes and every high. I got alone, no one